Welcome to City Life Church, and this is our podcast. This is Pastor Dave Diefendorf, and we are so honored to have you join us today. Our passion is to help you discover who God is, grow in the likeness of Jesus, and lead well in this generation. I hope in this message, God will meet you where you're at and take you to the next level in your connection with Him and His kingdom. Enjoy the message. levels, God. Lord, through this series of Proverbs, you've been already beginning this race. You've, been, you've already been giving us instructions and guidelines on how to run a successful race, Lord. Lord, our prayer is that our faith would stay on you forever. Lord, our prayer is that our faith would be contagious and spread to others around us. God, we just pray that you would equip us with some new paradigms, Lord, some new biblical truths, Lord, that will just grow strong in our hearts this morning, Lord, and throughout the week, so that we can become better runners for the marathon. Lord, we thank you. We lean on you this morning. Amen. The Bible is a great manual for life. And we hear this over and over in church. And again, I believe Proverbs is one of the best shorter manuals of the whole collection. So if there was a good place to start, read with us the book of Proverbs. Each Sunday, we're only kind of touching on, you know, here and there, but just spend every morning reading Proverbs, and you'll see quickly how much God will reveal to you and take some blind things off your eyes to see some things that you've maybe never seen before. I rely on the book so much, even this summer, I wanted to make sure that Proverbs was my morning devotion. I knew I was going to be traveling to Poland and I was going to be leading a team. I was going to be in a land that I'm not too familiar with. I'm going to be meeting some new people at different areas of life. And I couldn't rely just on my own wisdom and guidance. I needed something supernatural. I needed God to lead me. And so every morning I began with just reading, you know, a couple chapters a morning and journaling and writing, God, man, this is what I'm seeing. How can I apply this today? How can I apply this for this Poland trip? How can I apply this for this next school year? God, give me wisdom. Give me instruction. So we're going to continue through the book of Proverbs. And we're, I'm going to keep adding some golden rules to this marathon. A biblical worldview golden rule. And so as we begin, we're going to start in chapter 21. By the end of this, series, of this talk this morning, we'll end in chapter 27. So Proverbs 21, verse 17 and 20. Whoever loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. We find our first golden rule to running the marathon of life as a follower of Jesus, and that is run away from pleasures. You cannot run after Jesus in the world at the same time. You're either walking towards Jesus or you're walking away from Jesus. There's no neutral ground, right? The enemy loves to plant these pleasures and always tempting us and distracting us from this, this race of faith, right? It wants to convince us to say, hey, 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 this, you're, you're in the wrong race. Hey, 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 maybe you should take a break. Or worse, maybe you should quit the race. The enemy sees how, 
how powerful it is to try to convince people to get off track, to pull them off this race. To kind of bring a point to this is to bring up a story about uh, my upbringing with, you know, growing up. I grew up with uncles and aunts and my mom partying every weekend and almost every weeknight. They had a lot of fun. They would get together. It would be an atmosphere surrounded by a fog of smoke. My mom would buy a carton of cigarettes every time she'd go to a party. I don't know if she smoked them all herself or she shared them, but you see that like already her desires was like, oh, man, if I'm going to be partying, I need to smoke. I need to feel this pleasure. Um, I need to have this every time I go to a party. And then the party was also surrounded by alcohol and drugs and other things. And as a kid, you know, I kind of looked up and I was like, oh, this is fun. You know, they got music playing and people are laughing. And it's only so often that a fight breaks out. (laughs) And I would have to drive my uncles and aunts to Perkins at 2 in the morning because no one was sober enough. So I got to drive, you know, at 11, 12 years old. That was a lot of fun for me. But the reality, now as an adult looking back, it's like, man, they were escaping reality. My mom's had a hard life. She, she tells me about it now, all the time. And her only way to escape it, where she felt like she could survive, was these pleasures. But they always ended up being short. They never fully fulfilled that empty desire of life. And so, like, you know, over time... There is, there is some good news. And so we're, yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's jump to Proverbs 21, 21 through 23. Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness and honor. A wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the stronghold in which they trust. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Solomon doesn't just leave us hanging with this warning of, hey, if you pursue pleasures, here's the outcome. It's going to be death. All right, that's good, that's good information, but he doesn't leave us there. He says, wait, 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 there's hope. If you pursue righteousness and kindness, there will be honor. There will be restoration. You will be kept out of trouble. You will break strongholds. And I kind of saw that with my family. Is Now as an adult, I've been in ministry. I've been sending newsletters and sending little seeds of hope and prayer about Jesus Like, it's been fun to see over the last decade how some of my uncles and aunts and especially my mom have come to know Jesus. And they don't party every weekend anymore. That now they're spending more time with their families. Uh, It's kind of a new season for my uncles and aunts. My mom, like, they're all grandparents now. And so it's like this new season. And it's so fun to see them go from pleasures, just self-seeking desires, to serving others and their family and being and acting in that grandparent role. It's been so neat to see that. So our our second golden rule is to run towards righteousness and kindness. We're going to jump to Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Rule number three. Run a marathon with your child. Don't run alone. Run with some peers Run with some coaches, but most importantly, one of my favorite things is run with the next generation. Run with your child. 
We need spiritual parents to depart their wisdom to the next generation. We need a generational transfer. It could be your own kids. It could be your friends' kids. It can be kids here at City Life. It could be kids of your coworkers. It doesn't matter. You have, you have had many opportunities to invest in them, and you will continue to have opportunities to invest in them. And there is such a need for people to rise up to train the next generation. Okay, is, is life going to be perfect? You know, no. Are we given any promises that all our time and effort training the next generation will work out? No. My kids are 15, 11, 8, and 6, and I'm trying as hard as I can to train them in the Lord's way. I don't do a perfect job. They don't receive in a perfect way. But I can see, even now, I can see that there's a huge difference between my kids and the kids of the world. Okay? Kids of the world could be kids that maybe don't know God. Maybe it's kids who have been introduced to God, but there hasn't been really a big presence of discipline and training in the, in the Lord's way. And so culture wants to capture those kids and, and control them and tell them that they're worthless and that they mean nothing and that they are no good. And that is the complete opposite of what God says about his kids. And this, this is very, you know, I'm very passionate about the next generation. That's why I've given my whole career of really training the next generation. But like someone very special to me, I've seen how the enemy has used and abused the family and him in particular. This special person, uh, you know, had some good training very young, but as they became, you know, maybe a teenager, uh, they began to resist, right? And so every time a training moment came up, there was a big fight. And the parents got tired of fighting. They thought, man, I, I can't fight any longer. I can't train them up any longer. And they kind of just shut off their parenting, their training. And so this runner, this, this young child, right, this kid continues to grow up with not a whole lot of training. And what are some outcomes from that? This, this is someone who's heading down a road of death, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Due, the, due to the lack of training, discipline, and instruction, they don't have, you know, they're, they're a young adult now. And they don't have a driver's license. You know, they don't have a car. They don't have a job. They have no face-to-face community. They have no strong family connections. They have no faith in God. And now, no faith in themselves. They are more confused than ever before. They don't know their identity or purpose. Which, the only place you can find your identity and purpose is in Jesus. That's what this whole race is about. If you don't have Jesus centered as the target, you are not going to know who you are, what you're doing, what this life is all about. We need to try as hard as we can to reach the next generation. Let's continue. In chapter 22, we're going to read verses 17 through 21. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise, and apply your heart to the knowledge, for it will be pleasant if you keep them within you. If all of them are ready on your lips, 
that your trust may be in the Lord. I have made them known to you today, even to you. Have I not written for you 30 sayings of counsel and knowledge to make you know what is right and true, that you may give a true answer to those who sent you? This is our next rule. Run with your heart. It says that you need to apply these truths. You need to apply this information to your heart. It can't just go in one ear and out the other. It has to change your life. You need to let it change and break down some old walls and build up new walls. If you don't run all, with all your heart, you're not going to finish the race. It was told over and over in Proverbs. This is actually a repetitive truth that is just taught over and over and over. We need to speak these truths. We need to practice them. We need to have them ready on our lips. We must trust in the Lord with everything we have. If you try to race with any other motives, you're going to quit. You're going to lose. You're going to fall off. When I was in high school, uh, there was this cute girl in my youth group. And I can say this cute girl because she became my wife. Okay? So there was this cute girl who was in youth group, and we, you know, we were freshmen in high school, and, or about to start our freshman year. And, you know, I wanted to pursue her. And time is limited as a high school kid, because I, you know, I was a grown adult as a high school kid. I was working almost full time and playing sports, and school took up eight hours a day, so, you know, no time. So, summertime, uh, I needed to find a way to hang out with this cute girl, this girl named Natalie. And uh, so I found out she ran cross-country. Here we are, back to running. And she's like, oh, yeah, I, we, we practice every morning in the summertime at 6 a.m., and we run like five miles. And I'm like, oh, yay, you know, okay. So I said, all right, you know, like, man, I, I'm, I really like this girl. I'm serious about this girl. I'm, I'm going to make the effort, and I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m., and I'm going to run with her. And I did, all summer long. We ran every morning. And it was great. I got to know her more, and we got to have some challenges together. She had to lift me and drag me off the ground a few times. Um, but I got to know her. And school year came around, and, you know, sports begin, and cross country is a fall sport. And we went to two different schools. And so here again, I'm like, man, I can't see her. Like, how can I see her? Well, maybe I can see her at some races. I'll join the cross country team, and we'll, we'll see each other at some races. And so I was like, I'm going to try out. And so I tried out. I made the team, believe it or not. JV, but I made the team. Okay? And so I, I was excited. And so school's continuing. Practices begin. And like the first week of practice, I'm like, yeah, this is great. And then like, you know, the days kept coming and the, and the running kept coming. And I'm like, okay, this kind of sucks. <laughs> you know? And I'm trying to run. And like as, as the days continue, I'm just losing motivation quickly. And finally, we get our first race. And I'm, so I'm like, okay, no, no, no. Here, this is what it's all about. Here's the race. I'm going to race. I'm going to get excited again. Natalie's going to be there. It's going to be great. I get to the race. And, of course, the guys have to run before the girls. So I'm like, okay, I can't even watch her. I, I got this. And so I start off strong. And I didn't follow that guideline of, like, having a good pace. I just went all out. I was like, I got this. Well, halfway through, I'm throwing up on the sideline <laughs> and trying to get my breath. And then, like, by the end, I'm just like, Okay, but I finished. And then practices continue for a week, and then I quit the team. <laughs> See, I, I didn't run with all my heart. 
I ran because of a girl. And it worked for a while, but then it did not. Okay? Once Natalie wasn't around, I lost every little bit of interest and desire to run. And this happens a lot with our faith. Okay? If we don't run with all our heart, the temporary attractions will leave us hanging. Some of these attractions could be a girlfriend or a boyfriend, like in my case. It could be just for the benefits. I've seen a lot of people come to Christ and like interested about church because of the perks. Like, oh yeah, I could use some of that. So they come and they're like, God, please, I need this, I need this. And then God will provide more than not. And, and they're like, oh yes. And then like a year later, they're not in church and they've fallen off because their relationship, their faith was centered around a benefit and not Christ himself. Other distractions or false attractions could be parents. As, as someone who's worked with youth ministry for over a decade, I can't tell you how many kids never own their own faith. They only came to youth group and they were only excited for God because they were forced to. It was like their parents' faith and not their own. And so that can only last so long. Maybe it's the people, please. Maybe it's traditions. In Poland, the saying is to be, to be Polish is to be Catholic. They teach Catholic in all their schools. That's why it's easy for us to teach an English camp in their schools, teaching about the Bible, because it's so ingrained in their culture. But it is, it's ingrained so much, it's, for many, especially the next generation, it's just, it's just a tradition. Many teens now and, and young adults, they're, they're growing up in the, with a school that's saying, hey, you know, here's about God, here's some things, go to church. And yet they're becoming adults and walking away from their faith. It's because it's only a tradition that is centered around the relationship. If you build a relationship with God centered around anything but Him, it will fail. Let's move on to chapter 23, verses 12 through 19. Apply your heart to instruction and your ear to words of knowledge. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with a rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart too will be glad. My most being will exult when your lips speak what is right. Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Hear, my son, and be wise, and direct your heart in the way. When we read chapter 23, you can apply it in two different ways. You can look at it as the parent, or you can look at it as the child. We've already talked a little bit about being the parents and having coaches in our life. So this section, I want us to look at it as the child. We need coaches in our lives. If we want to train up the next generation, if we want to speak truths, we've got to have someone speaking truths and training us. We need someone who will come alongside us and see our blind spots. When I, you know, like I said, I love coaching and I've coached lots of different sports and it's so funny how many times I'll tell a kid, like, hey, you're doing this. That's a bad habit. Do this. And they look at me like, I am doing that. And I say, no, you're not. <laughs> and they're like, yes, I am. And we can go on all day arguing that they're doing what I'm saying. In reality, they're not. And so I have to get the video camera and take a video and show them, like, hey, see, you're doing that, ha you're doing that bad thing again. And they're like, oh, shoot. Yeah, you're right. 
And that's what we need. We need coaches in our lives who can see that other perspective, who can speak truth and call out some of the nonsense in our lives. So that's our point. Run with a coach. Moving forward. Proverbs 24, 1 through 7. Do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. For their hearts devise violence, and their lips talk of trouble. By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all the precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is full of strength, and a man of knowledge enhances his might. For by wise guidance you can wage your war, in the abundance of counselors there is victory. Wisdom is too high for a fool, and the gate he does not open his mouth. My next point for that passage, don't run with fools. Another common trend all through Proverbs. That's what this whole Proverbs series is surrounded. It's by calling out the fools and making sure we don't become fools. Again, at the very beginning, it said, do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. Whatever you surround yourself with, you will become. I remember this great video a while back. I don't have time to show it, but it was just this idea that, like, you know, if, if you surround yourself, uh, you know, if, if actually it was, it was dating realm. It's a dating video, counseling. And it was like, man, if you're, you know, pursuing someone who's hanging around a bunch of drug dealers, don't be surprised the day they become a drug dealer. It's like whoever you surround yourself with, you become. And that is so true for this, this idea of fools. If you surround yourself with, with men and women who are fools, who do not have their life centered around Christ, who do not value these truths, you will quickly go down the same route. You will begin to live life the same way that they live. It's easy to tell ourselves not to run with fools. It's another thing to actually follow through. Uh, why, why is it hard for us to maybe not keep following after a close friend or a family member? Um, some of the reasons is peer pressure. Sometimes there's so much pressure in our world today, like, oh, uh, especially for our students, like if I don't befriend everyone and spend all my time with them, then I look, I'm looked at like I hate them and I'll be discredited at school. Uh, maybe it's peer pressure from family members. I mean, family is a whole topic of itself. We have to have boundaries, healthy boundaries with those around us. And that includes family. And so those family members or those close friends if they are acting like a fool and they have no will to change their life, we have to throw up some extra boundaries and say, hey, I love you, but I can't keep hanging out with you. Every time we get together, you want to party. You know, like, there's more to life than just that, right? There's, we need to see some change. We want to see people who are heading the same way we're heading. And so really stepping into that, breaking down some of those, yeah, those desires of like, oh, I'm going to lose this friendship. We got to let go and we got to allow God to work in them, right? It's not, it's not all our job to work in them. It's God's job. And so sometimes it's just good to let God handle that person for a season. Sometimes we hang out with fools because of money, fame, and power. Uh, you know, I'm, it's always a political season here in the U.S., it seems like. Um, but it's like, man, we see good men and women who have these biblical desires who catch themselves hanging around some fools because of money or getting that next level in, in uh, you know, politics. 
get in that next seat, and you see how they're just pushed and controlled, and they begin, they begin to become that fool that they said they would never become. Last section, chapter 27, verses 8 through 10. Like a bird that strays from its nest is a man who strays from his home. Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Do not forsake your friend and your father's friend. You do not go to your brother's house in the day of calamity. Better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. My next point, don't run away from community. As we navigate life, as we navigate this race of faith, as we put Jesus in the center of our life, we need community more than ever before. Only ones who truly love us and appreciate us will speak life and love in us. And that means hard truths. And so my hope and my, my, my goal of this, this rule is don't be offended when someone speaks truth to you. Accept it. Love that, like, man, someone cares about me so much they're calling this out in my life. Like, thank you. Like, my goal and my heart is to run this race. And it's, it's nice to have people around me who are going to run that race with me and coach me and mentor me and speak life into me. So often in our culture today, I see so many people church hop. They just bounce from one church to another. And the reason is because they, they run away from community. They hang out. They like hearing the word. It's good. God's doing something. But once someone's like, hey, man, how's, how's life? Sunday mornings, you got a smile on, but really, how's life? Oh, you really want to talk about life? Like, yeah. Like, don't, don't run away from community. I know the passion and heart of city life is, is to have a family who loves one another, who appreciates one another, who will have fun together, but also go through the hard things together. And, and that's, that's our heart and passion. It's critical that we listen to the wisdom and instruction of Proverbs. From our list today, I want to ask a couple questions. From the list today, what are some instructions, what are some rules that you can start working on more today? No one here is perfect. I'm sure there's one area, one of these rules, one of these passages that God really wants to go deeper with you. So what's one of these rules? Run away from pleasures. Run towards righteousness and kindness. Run with your child. Run with your heart. Run with a coach. Or maybe you need to start running away from fools. My second question is, who is someone in your life that needs to hear one of these rules? Who's someone that you can speak some truth to today or this week? As we close, we started with Paul, and I want to close with Paul. Here, near the end of his life, he, sp he speaks in 2 Timothy 4.7. And then this is our prayer and our hope. It says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you for these truths. We thank you for the Bible, Lord. We thank you for your word that's alive and active. Lord, we thank you for the book of Proverbs. Lord, it is truly a great book for, to give us some guidance, some instruction, some discipline.
God, I pray that we just won't hear it, but we would apply it to our heart as you instructed. God, I pray that if one of these rules hit home today, Lord, I pray that each one of us, we would gain something new. Lord, that you would be shifting a paradigm right now, God. Lord, I pray that, yeah, any hesitation, any thought that popped up during the message, God, I just pray that you would go towards that, and Lord, that you would bring a transformation in that area of life, Lord, for each one of us. Lord, even when I was speaking, I was hearing, man, I need to do this. God, give us courage, give us strength to act on that. God, I pray that you would just continue to speak in us and through us as we continue through Proverbs. Lord, guide us this week. Lord, protect us and be with us at all times. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we hope this message has inspired you and challenged you to be the man or woman he's called you to be now and to see his kingdom grow in every area and arena of life. God is with you more than you know. For more information about our community here in Kansas City, please visit us online at citylifekc.org, and we'll see you next time on the City Life Podcast.